Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. You know, church has become so commercial until we have gotten away from its true purpose. It has become such big business until we allow people to operate and function as long as they have something to bring to the table. People are now more concerned about recording and living in life of the rich and famous rather than knowing Jesus. For the true purpose of the church is soul business, not big business. I don't know about you, but I would rather have nothing and know Jesus than to have everything and not know Jesus. Welcome to the Greater St. Stephen Missionary Baptist Church, coming to your homes live from Portland, Oregon. We are a people of worship, work, and prayer, ready to serve the Lord, ready to serve with the community, and ready to withstand the enemy. for choosing to worship with us today. It is our prayer that during our worship experience that your love for God will be intensified, your faith be stirred, your hands get to clapping, and your feet get to dancing. After this song of preparation, be prepared to join Pastor Kimberly K. Black and the Greater St. Stephen's Church family as we bless the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. The Bible tells us to give thanks unto God, for he is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures unto all generations. What a good day it is to be able to worship him, to magnify him, to lift him up and to exalt his name. For he is worthy, he is worthy of all of our praise. This morning, Mother Kenneth is going to um, take us into our intercessory prayer. Following that, we will have a song of preparation. And we'll be ready to worship the Lord our God in spirit and in truth. Amen. Amen. We want to honor the spirit of the Lord that's here in this place. Thank God for each of you, Elder Miniweather, Elder Farmer, Pastor Sherelle, and their essence, to Deacon Gwen and his essence, to our mothers and our deaconesses, to all of you that are here in the sanctuary and those of you that are tuned in to Blog Talk. Good morning, good morning, good morning. We honor the spirit of the Lord and we're just grateful that God has given us this chance, yeah. this chance.
this opportunity to praise and worship him. So let us participate with the prayer of Mother Kim and say, say hallelujah. Let's say hallelujah. If she says thank you, Jesus, let's say thank you, Jesus. If she says clap your hands, what you ought to do? And if the Holy Ghost speaks to her and they say run around the room, what we going to do? Hallelujah. Because we come to worship the Lord today. So let, let us join in now for prayer. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father God, we just thank you this morning that you woke us up, Lord God. You started us on our way. Father God, we love you today. We thank you, O oh God, for being who you are, Lord God, for you are Alpha and Omega. You are the first, the last, the beginning, the end. God, you are everything, God. You are, you are our bread, Lord God. Father God, you are our hope, our peace, our joy. Lord God, we thank you today. God, we can't say thank you enough, Lord God. We are here in your sanctuary, Lord God, ready to give you another praise, oh God, ready to lift up the holy name of Jesus, Lord God. Oh God, we thank you this morning. Thank you this morning, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah, God. Thank you. Well, you are so good to us, Lord God. Oh God, you have given us another chance, oh God, to open our mouths and say thank you, Lord God. Oh, the rocks will cry out for us today, Lord God. So, Father God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. <laughs> we ask that you bless the woman of God this morning. Bless the word that will come forth. Bless our ears that we might hear, Lord God. Bless our hearts that we might receive it, oh God. And then bless our minds that we might go out and do what the word says to Oh, God, help us to forget about today's trouble. What happened last night, Lord God? We are here right now just to give you praise. We don't have to worry about what's going on outside, what's going to happen when we get home and our roses burn. Oh, God, we are here right now just to offer you a praise of sacrifice from our hearts, from our lips, Lord God. Oh, God, we thank you today. We thank you for those that are on the broadcast. We thank you for those that are in the sanctuary. We thank you, Lord God, for those that are on their way, Lord God. Oh, God, there might be somebody in the nursing home, in the hospital. Listen, Lord God. Bless them, Lord God. Oh, God, we love you today. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name.
your name. Come on, can we do that right now? Just welcome him. Come on. Oh, we worship you, yes, Jesus. Yes, we do, Lord. We magnify your name. Come on, welcome him tonight. Come on, come on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yesterday, uh, you know, we've been participating with 
uh, St. Paul Thrive Ministry, and their their theme this year was Choose to Lose. And um, in January, a few of us, it was about nine of us, signed up to participate um, in this project with them. And what we did was each month we received a $25 gift card, which would uh, help us go and buy fruits and vegetables. Once a month, we would meet with the team um, from all over the city. It just wasn't St. Paul. It was all over the city, and we would meet, and we would share and give testimony and give words of encouragement. And on yesterday, we um, had the opportunity to do a, uh, I ain't going to say 1.5 miles, because I know it was more than that. But Pastor Brown claims it was 1.5 miles. We did a walk from St. Paul uh, down through the New Columbia and back up again on yesterday. And I think it had to be about 50 to 60 of us walking. So it was beautiful. And so uh, we just had a good time. It was a beautiful day. And we had an awesome good time with that. I want you to be praying this afternoon at 2 o'clock. We'll be at New Hope Mission Baptist Church. Um, they will be celebrating. This was all a part of the plan before Pastor Hills passed away. Um, to celebrate his 10th pastoral anniversary. And this also marks him, this would have been his 25th year of preaching. And so they're having a celebration on this afternoon at 2 o'clock in honor of the life and the legacy and the work that he has done. Uh, his brother, Jay, um, James Wesley, is here. He preached this morning, and he'll preach this afternoon at 2. So pray his strength. Amen. Let's continue to keep him lifted up. Um, I do want to make this announcement because I don't know. Somebody might say, hey, I want to go. Um, but I will be traveling to Spokane, Washington, October 13th through the 15th. And if you want to go, let me know. Amen. We're purchasing tickets now. Tickets are 178 round trip, and they're working on the hotel accommodation. So we'll have that information by this Wednesday. So if you want to travel with us, we're, I'm preaching on Saturday and preaching on Sunday. Uh, we're not too far from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which is beautiful. Um, you might be able to sneak up to Coeur d'Alene just to view and see the, the beauty of it. Um, but um, that will be October 13th, 14th, and 15th. So if you're interested in going, you can go to – we'll purchase tickets through Alaska Airlines. Um, if you want to go, I'll let you know the flight that we're taking so that we can all leave together. Um, but that's October 13th, 14th, and the 15th. We leave Friday night and come back home Sunday night. So nobody will miss work unless you work like Deaconess Harris and Deaconess Celeste. Uh, you work on those, um, on those weekends. Amen. Um, we have a thank you card that I want to read. It says, your thoughtfulness is a gift. I will always treasure. Thanks again for the plant and prayers, text and calls. Love you all, Deaconess Celeste Mack. Amen. So we're just truly grateful to God that we were able to, to minister to her and her family during their time of bereavement. Thank you for all the text messages and phone calls to us, our family. I'm in the loss of a cousin. Uh, many of you know my cousin Shelly that comes here from Seattle with her yeah, um, but they uh, they come here quite a bit, um, and her son passed away on Tuesday. And so we're just keeping her and the family lifted up in prayer. 
Um, I don't know if they've made any arrangements, but definitely will be um, pleased to be keeping them lifted up in prayer. Uh, one more announcement, and then we're going to do our praise and worship. I, I got it. Um, I will be leaving to go to Texas on this Thursday. Um, so I solicit your prayers. I just want to go and lay eyes on my godmother. Amen. Uh, so I want to go and be a help and a support to my god sister at them. And so I just want to ask that you would pray for us as we leave. Mother Kimmis and Lonnie will be going with me. We leave on this Thursday. We'll be back on Tuesday. So please keep us lifted up in prayer as we travel. Nothing changes. We will continue to do our Tuesday, Thursday prayer. Wednesday night is our first Wednesday, and so we do want to pray. I, you know what, y'all, and, and I know people are saying, but we talk the end of Bible study. We get plenty of good words, but we lack corporate prayer. And there is power. You need to send that to the whole church, Elder. Uh, there is power in corporate prayer. And so I want us to stick with praying corporately. We get, we get enough words. We get enough word, so I really want us to tap in to um, the corporate prayer time. So this Wednesday is our prayer time. It's our corporate prayer time, and, and I want to say this. Sister Janetta, Deacon say, Elder Manyweather should not be the only ones on that line. Sometimes they are the only ones on that line. If you get on the line, say something. Read a scripture. Sing a song. Do the Lord's Prayer. Sister Hart prays. Deacon S. Harris. He prays. Deacon S. Mack prays. Mother Kevin. But let's get on the line and let's pray. That's what it's there for. You're at your own home. Nobody sees you. So if you wrote it out that morning, you've been reading it all day, go ahead and read it to us again. Because we don't see you reading it. We just hear it praying. Amen. I want, I want us to get, get to that place of, of sacred time of prayer. And so, Elder Miniweather, please send that text message out to everybody about the power of corporate prayer. Did everybody get that? Okay, all right. So y'all understand what I'm talking about, right? Okay, so let's 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 get that. Did you get it, Deacon? Okay, you gotta make sure you got our phone number so that she gets it, so that we can all get that. All right, let's do this Safeway card, and then you got two songs for for worship. All right, so we're gonna be ready to praise and worship Him. Let's spin this card thing. Let's spin it. Um. Okay, let's see next. Pray for Sister Tanya. She's in Washington, D.C. for her job. Amen. All right. So we got coming up here, number one. Thank you, Deacon. Sister Dorothy Hart. a blessing. Uh, don't forget on Wednesday, June the 14th, I made this announcement a couple of weeks ago, but I want to make it again. Um, June 14th will be our family meeting, 
I'm asking every member of Greater St. Stephen's to please be present. Every member. So call them, and if they don't come, then they're saying that they not want to be a member. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. That's, what I, that's all I need. Ma'am, you'll be out of town. You all will be out of town? You'll be here for the 14th? Okay, but you'll be out of town? Okay. All right. All right. So just let me know so we'll, we'll know. Because if they don't show up, then we don't clean up our roster. Because we got folks on the roster that we ain't seen in three years. And I'm not just talking about them physically. We haven't seen tithes or offerings. And so most churches, they clean up every year. And if they don't see tithes and offerings in people's bodies and that people don't make contact with them, they're no longer members. So we're just trying to do things decent and in order, but I'm asking that we all be present, that we may hear the vision, the plan that God has for us in this next level of ministry. Amen? All right. We're going to pray at 6.45. 6.45, Wednesday, June 14th. All right. Those are all of our announcements. And let us stand to our feet that we may make ready to praise and worship the Lord. Amen? Amen.
my worship You deserve my praise Thank you, Jesus Adoration and glory It belongs to you Yes, you do, Lord. You deserve my praise. Adoration and glory belongs to you always. When I think of the goodness of Jesus,
like you, oh God. You are the great I am. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the Rosa Sharon, and we honor you, Father. You are our source of strength. You are our peace. You are our mind regulator. You are our heart fixer, and we give you the glory, Lord God. Lord God, you are good to us. You have been so faithful to us. Lord God, we give you the glory today. Nobody but you, O oh God, are deserving of all the praise. So, Lord God, as we lift you up, ah, let your train fill the temple, that the whole earth may be full of your glory. Oh God, we need you today, Lord, like never before. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us in this place. Rest on our hearts now. As we look to your word, Father, may it speak life, speak hope. May it direct us, may it help us to get to where we need to be in our relationship with you. We bless you, we honor you, we count it a joy in Jesus' name we pray. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord. You are my strength and my redeemer. I decrease that you may increase that your people will hear your word today. They'll see you high and lifted up. 
Ha! And they'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, hallelujah. Clap those hands and give God praise. Hallelujah. Now, we're going to look to the Lord, to his word on today. Good morning, Mother Diane and Brother Gene. It's so good to see you this morning. Uh, this quarter begins uh, a lesson. All of our lessons will be coming from um, prophets, uh, Prophet Isaiah, Ezra, and Nehemiah. All of these prophets will be talking to us about worship. Worship. So today, before we jump into Isaiah chapter 6, I kind of want to talk a little bit about what is worship. What is worship? Worship is a religious practice with its creed and rituals. We just participated in worship. That's one form of worship, where you're singing and you're lifting your voice and you're lifting your hands and you're giving God glory, honor, and praise. Worship means to show honor and to show reverence, to show honor and to show reverence. The Bible tells us, and, and, and we got off with this a long time ago. This is, this is not, not our fault. It happened a long time ago. Uh, they started calling the preacher reverence. When you look up the word reverend, it means to reverence. To show honor. Now we are to honor the man and woman of God. That's all of us. But we're not to esteem each other higher than we do God. Sometimes those that are in the clergy field get beside themselves. And, and 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 that honor that they receive don't look like honor that comes from the heart. Because they expect it. The church, we have put our preachers on pedestals. Made uh, made them think that they was all that in a bag of chips. But they they're human beings like all of us. I'm, I'm not no superwoman. I might want to think that. That was one of my favorite songs, Karen Karen White. I think that was her name. Uh, I ain't no superwoman. Yeah, she had a, a song. I was singing it too, but but we're not superheroes. We are human beings. We fall short of the glory of God, just like everybody else. But we don't praise our preachers. We don't, we don't show them that honor that, that makes them bigger and greater than God. But we show them respect. But they're not God. They're not on pedestal. Amen? 
Worship is an extravagant respect or admiration. We are not honor anyone higher than we honor God. We don't give praises to the people. When we establish protocol, we don't say, I praise Pastor Black for being in the house. I praise Elder Manyweather for, no, that's not what we say. We praise God and we honor the men and women of God that's before us. So we don't place anybody above God. So for the next couple of months, all, all through June, July, and August, we will be studying about a theological emphasis on worship. What does the word theological mean? If you're in your Sunday school book, I'm on page 447. I know sometimes folks like to write notes. And that's where I started, 447. Theological is a study of God. That's what theological means, a, the study of God. So we're going to be taking a, a theological emphasis on worship. So what does that mean? God is going to speak to us about how we are supposed to worship him. Y'all with me? Ain't that what I say? A theological emphasis on worship. It didn't say a philosophy or philosophical, philosophical, whatever. It's a theological. So this means God is, is being the one talking through the prophet about worship. Now, we were born, we were created to worship. Okay? So out of these lessons, we will learn how does Christian worship today mirror that of the practices of the ancient world. Now, they worship God. And what the lesson wants to see is do we worship God the same way they worship God? The children of Israel went through the wilderness. Yes, they murmured and complained, but they had a fear for God. They, they knew that he was a mighty God, a good God, but at the same time they saw him being a terrible God. Now, this God don't love us. He puts these plagues on us. That's being a terrible God. Frogs, boils, locusts, blood. But he got to get our attention some kind of way. So we will learn from these lessons about our relationship with God. We will learn from these lessons about our relationship with God. We will also see what it looks like to worship God in community. And we will also see what it means to worship God in faith. 
our lessons, our first lesson start with Isaiah. Then in June, we go to Ezra. And then in July, we'll go, uh, July will be in Ezra. And then in August, we'll be in the book of Nehemiah. So we're going to be in the Old Testament, reading through the prophets, what the prophets tell us about worship. This lesson that we're about to look at today lets us know that the people seek a power beyond themselves. Who is worthy of praise and worship? Isaiah is hearing the extravagant praise and worship directed to God while looking at the responses of all of those around him. Let's look at our lesson. Isaiah chapter 6 is where we're going to be coming from. I want to tell us a little bit about Isaiah. Isaiah was the son of Amos and a prophet of the southern kingdom of Judea, who lived in the 8th century B.C. Isaiah lived and ministered in Jerusalem for 58 years. Can you imagine being on the battlefield, ministering, witnessing, serving some folks that look like us, folks that act like us, for 58 years? I thought 18 was a long time, Elder. But Isaiah served the people of God for 58 years. He prophesied during the reigns of King Uzzi, Jehoshaphat, Asa, and Hezekiah. Although the Bible does not record the tribe from which Isaiah is descended, Jewish tradition suggests that Isaiah may have been related to the Judean royal family. Now, the Judea royal family were known for what? Those were your priests and your Levites, right? Known as the praise and worshipers, right? Come on now. I'm just trying to give us some of that Old Testament history so that we can connect why, why, they, why the scholars say that he comes from this line of, of, of people. Uh, Isaiah is believed to have been the author of the autobiography of King Uzzi, which is found in Second Chronicles, King Hezekiah, which is in Second Chronicles. At God's direction, Isaiah humbled himself and went about for three years, naked and barefooted. How many of us would be obedient to God's direction? And God telling us to do something that sounds so crazy. Y'all see, it's a Sunday school book. I'm not making this up. It's in the Bible, too, that he walked around naked and barefooted for three years. 
He did a whole bunch of other things. You got to read through the book of Isaiah. He did a whole lot. He was known as the prophet that was the crazy. He had the crazy faith. He believed God and did whatever God told him to do. There's a list of different things. I didn't, I didn't pull them all up for us today. I'll, I'll get them out, so we'll see them as we study. But as we go through the book of Isaiah, we will pick up some of these crazy things that he did. And this one right here is real crazy. For three years, the man walked around naked, barefoot. Y'all act like that's a normal thing to do. No other prophet predicted the birth of the Messiah, Christ Jesus, to the extent Isaiah did. He also prophesied extensively about the ministry and the suffering of the Messiah for the sins of humanity. While it is not certain exactly how Isaiah died, but it's just a peculiar thing of what happened to him because he was no longer there. Amen? So this lesson today, I am not going to uh, read Isaiah chapter 6. I'm going to let you read it when you get home. But I want to do, I want to talk about a couple of things here that caught my eye for how do we apply this word to our lives. This is history. It's real. Isaiah was real. The children of Israel, real. And so everything that you read here in chapter 6 happened. It was real. But for us today, what can we glean from this lesson today? What can we take away from this lesson today to help us be better once we go through those thresholds on the outside of the door? The first point is listed in your book. It says that true worship recognizes God's Holiness. Okay? That's the first point we're going to look at. The next point we're going to look at is true worship acknowledges sinfulness. The third point is true worship receives God's grace. All of this is in your Sunday school book. I'm just going to highlight some stuff for us. And the fourth point is true worship responses to God's call. This was so exciting to me how when the king Uzzi died, the king of kings proved that he was still on the throne. The year that king Uzzi died, the king of kings still proved that he was on the throne. See, the, the kings, the thing that we have to remember here is that they, they, they walked with certain arrogance, and they, they felt like everybody should bow down to them. Everybody should worship them. Everybody should honor them. Everybody should treat them special. You remember King Nebuchadnezzar? He was like, y'all bow down to me. Y'all sing to me. No, you're not going to bow down to no other, you're not bowing down to nobody. You're going to bow to me. And they were like, oh, no, king, sorry, we're not. So the kings back in these days felt like they were the stuff. 
But in verse 1, it tells us that even though the stuff dies, the suffer proves that he was still king of kings and lord of lords. What it says, it says, in the year that King Ozai died, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. See, that was supposed to be a time of doom and gloom. The king is dead. What are we going to do? He's the one that makes the rules. He's the one to say yes, say no. He's the one we look up to. He's the one we go to when we have trouble. Think about King Solomon when those women, that woman rolled over on the other woman's baby and they switched babies. They went to King Solomon so he could solve the problem. So I'm telling you how they thought of their king. They were wise. They were strong. They, 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 think of King David. He wrote, he wrote a man's suicide letter. Gave it to the man. Take this to your captain. Captain opened it up. Looked at the letter. Looked at the man. But he, he, he did not go against what the king had said. He didn't even ask the man. He didn't even share with the man. Do you know what this letter says? The king, the man obeyed King David's order. Had you I put on the front line? Had the man killed. That's how they treated their king. They honored them in such a way. That even if the king say do something that's wrong, I'm gonna do it. You know they had to come to David and say, you know, um, there was a man that owed a man some land or some money, and and he, the man couldn't repay it, and 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 he got mad and wanted the man thrown in jail. Yep, yeah, that's what should have happened. That's what King David said. That's right. He was right. The man who joined them. Nathan said, King, you are the man. So they thought that the king thought that they were the stuff. Y'all, I'm trying to get y'all to understand. Like Donald Trump thinks he's the stuff. He thinks he's untouchable. That's how these kings were. That's how they lived. But the Bible tells us that we are not the stuff. We are not that bag of chips and all that. So the Bible says that when the king of thy died, Isaiah saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. When he saw this, he had a response. He began to sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So what, what does that say to us? Now, have you ever been in a place where the Spirit of the Lord came in and was moving? People were crying. People had their hands lifted up. 
people was dancing or, or twirling or crying, laying in the floor, but that was giving God praise. They responded to the glory of the Lord coming in and filling the temple. So when the glory of the Lord comes in, when, when we are in high worship like we were today, you heard you heard on the you heard folk crying out and hollering out, giving God praise, giving God glory. You should have been doing the same thing. And if you wasn't, it's because you don't know what the presence of the Lord looks like. Because when the presence of the Lord moves, there is a response that we the people are supposed to make. And I don't understand how you could sit in the presence of the Lord and put on your thumb or daydream or write a note to somebody, send a text message to somebody, look for a piece of gum, worry about what you're going to eat when I get done talking. When the glory of the Lord comes in the place, there is a response that the people of God are supposed to make. So, take it to your maker. You don't feel it, you don't see it, but you see us clapping, you better clap your hands. You hear us shouting hallelujah, you better shout hallelujah. Folks crying, let them cry. Folks dancing, let them dance. But when the presence of the Lord comes in a place, there is a response the people are required to make. Why? Because we were created to worship. So verse 3 says that uh, one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, the glory of the Lord. Now, let, let, let's talk about the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord comes in. It brings salvation. It brings deliverance. It brings healing. It brings restoration. It brings forgiveness. It brings love, it brings hope, it brings peace. So we need the glory of the Lord. We ought to want the glory of the Lord. The song says, uh, I will do anything for your glory, Lord. I don't know if you've ever heard that verse before. She said, but I'll cross the hottest desert for your glory, Lord. I will do anything. So the glory of the Lord comes in to shift the atmosphere, to shift our thinking, to shift how we feel. Sometimes we come in and we're feeling broke, we're feeling disgusted, we're feeling hurt. But if the glory of the Lord moves, all hurt, all pain, all anger, all frustration, it is gone because it has no room because the Bible says the train fills the temple. God's not 
not going to share his glory with anybody. So the next time we are in worship, there is a response we are supposed to make. And this is the thing I love about it. Nobody should have to provoke you to make a thing. Nobody should have to provoke you to open your mouth and give God glory. You ought to just stop and think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for you. Your soul ought to cry out, hallelujah. When the glory of the Lord comes in, like it did here in this story, it says, it, it, it was a smoke that filled the room. And it's, it's our aroma that, that, that we, we, we will never smell of the same all the time. It, 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 won't, it won't be that same sound because see, we think we can, we can hear him coming, but we don't, we don't know how he's coming. We don't know if he's going to come like a rushing wind. We don't know if he's going to be like a quiet storm. We don't know if he's just going to speak up on us and rest on us. So we cannot predict how he's going to come. But as people born to worship, you must have an expectation of his presence. Don't never go to worship just to be going with. Go with the expectation for God to fill the place. Expect him to fill the place. Jump down to verse 5. Verse 5. Isaiah says, Woe is me, Lord. He says, I am undone. I, I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. Now, I want you to know that lips are a symbol here. He's not talking about your two lips you got on your face. He's talking about your mouth, your, your, your mouth, and and. And we know Matthew 12, 34 says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So he's going deeper than your lips and your mouth. He's, he's looking at your heart. So Isaiah is saying, I, I'm a man, my heart ain't right. And I live among some people, their heart ain't right. But you allow your glory to come in and fill the temple. You allow us to experience the joy of the Lord. We are unclean people. It's not what comes in the body that defiles the body. It's what goes out of the body. Paul talks about our mind all the time. We gotta have our mind fixed and stayed on God so that stuff that lies in our heart that eventually comes out of our mouth will be the things of God. There's no way, no way we can form 
those nasty words to come out of our mouth when we've had our minds stayed on God. There's no way we can get ugly thoughts about people if we keep our minds stayed on God. There's no way we will just get up and do what's wrong when we have intentionally kept our mind stayed on God. It just don't work that way. It don't work that way. What does it look like, Pastor Black, if I was to keep my mind stayed on God? Well, one of the things that I see is that I would be more kind and more loving to people. The other thing I see is I would be more forgiving to others. The other thing I see, and we see this here in our lesson, is that I will acknowledge the fact that I am a sinner saved by the grace of God. And sin can't dwell in my heart. Sin can't dwell in our life. A true worshiper acknowledges that sin cannot be a part of them. I cannot do anything that displeases God. I cannot do anything that would separate me from the love of God. I cannot do anything that would make me miss out on receiving the benefits and the glories of God. True worship. Let me pause here because I think I missed the point about my worship here and my definition of worship. Because worship is also a lifestyle. It's a religious practice, but it's also a lifestyle. Again, how you living? That's that has been my theme, huh? How we living? Uh, do we live a life of worship? Do I look anybody can sing a song? Anybody can lift up their hands. Anybody can share computer. But a true worshiper, when you open your mouth to sing that song, when you open your mouth to pray, when you open your mouth to read a scripture, it's going to take the very foundation on which you and the other folks are standing on. I'm talking about true worshippers. True worshippers. So the first, second point, we, we cover the first point. Uh, true worship recognizes God's holiness. So when the presence of the Lord comes in, we know that we are supposed to do what? Respond. Okay? When the Holy Ghost moves, we are supposed to respond. The second point is true worship acknowledges sin. We are sinners saved by God's grace, and we live among a bunch of sinners. We're not perfect, but we're striving to be. All right? Our third point is true worship receives God's grace. In response to God's awesome presence, Isaiah humbled himself in worship and confess his sinfulness before God's holiness. 
to tell the truth, we are really not worthy of his glory. But when he does show up, we, we, we need to bow down. I don't know if anybody watched the Queen or the, the Royal uh, Coronation of, of, of Prince Charles. Did anybody watch any of that? Part of it. And they, they treated him like royalty, didn't they? They laid out red carpet. They had certain things that they wore that was just for that day, that coronation. And then all those that were subject, it was funny, um, I watched Queen Charlotte. You don't even look at the king and queen when they're walking past. You just look straight ahead. You don't just, oh, hey, queen. You don't do that kind of stuff. But you stand still in reverence. And that's what God requires of us. When the presence of the Lord comes in, he demands our undivided attention. That's not the time to say, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me some more, some more, some more. It's the time to say, God, I'm unworthy of your presence. Cleanse me now that I may worship you in spirit and in truth. And I lift up my hands to give you praise. I open my mouth to shout hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. When Isaiah talked about coil, coals, hot coals being pressed on his lips, we can imagine that's painful. I accidentally uh, lit Brother Kimmins' lips the other day, and I thought he was going to cry. Can you imagine some hot coals on your lips, on your heart? Why is it there? To burn out the evil, the corruption, those wayward ways. He wants to burn them out of us. That's what he's saying there. So the question today is, are you willing to allow God into those places of your lives that only he can touch? You, you, we hide our real heart from each other. When we come to church, we're so nice. We all smile. But get home. Your family was like, did you go to church today? Do we hide our real heart from us, but God sees it? And he said, there's some places in your heart that you tried to hide from me. I see them. I'm just waiting on you to, to open up the door and let me in. You know, your heart has, our heart has chambers, right, that makes the blood flow. Well, we got chambers that the stuff is sitting in there that we got to hit. That we don't want God to take out. Because if they make me mad, I'm going to open up that cussing chamber. If they make me mad, I'm going to open up that chamber to just give them some cute, a few choice words. God is saying, that's the chamber I want to go to. That's the door I want open. So I can take that cussing spirit out of you. 
so I can take that greedy spirit out of me, so I can take that jealous spirit out of me, so I can take that envious spirit out of me, that unforgiving spirit, open that door and let me in. He wants to come in today. Clean us up. We have done some things that we have forgot about, but he hasn't. Because we ain't confessed them yet. He's saying, confess your sins to me. Confess your faults to me, and I will cleanse you. And I will, I will make you ready to receive my glory. Everybody's not going to get the glory of the Lord. It ain't going to happen that way. So this is my final point about worship. Worship is something we do. Worship is who we are. That's what William Murphy said, right? He said, praise is who I am. That's who we are. We were born to worship. But can I tell you, a true worshiper progresses in their worship. A true worshiper progresses in their worship. The, the Bible showed us here when Isaiah first uh, 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 began to worship the Lord, it was with words. Oh, you're good, Lord. Oh, you're holy. Oh, you're awesome. Oh, you are amazing. And then he went out the door and he hung out with the drinkers and the smokers and the choirs and everybody else. But he kept experiencing the worship. He kept experiencing the presence of the Lord, the religious presence. He kept experiencing it. He kept experiencing it. And then he realized, I am unclean. And I need to get it right. And I really want to be a true worshiper. I cannot continue to live a life of sin. So he recognized that God was holy. He recognized that he was was a, was was of unclean lips, and he needed to be cleansed. Needed to be made right. Worship. True worshipers are progressive. Verse number eight. He has now progressed to the place that others need to hear what I heard. Others need to see what I saw. Others need to experience what I experienced. I call this a call to action. He says, Lord, here am I, send me. So he went out and began his 58 years of ministry. This is the thing that I love about God, is God will tell you what to say, and he will tell you how long to say it. And he will tell you who to say it to. You've got to be obedient. True worship. True worshipers know how to worship him in spirit and in truth. Even when stuff is going bad in our lives, do we have a worship? Do we have a praise? This lesson, it says, the activation, the application of activation. It says no matter where we are, at home, in the car, at work, at school or church, 
we are able to set the atmosphere for worship and honor the presence of God through our praise. As the Church of Jesus Christ, we have to change, we are to be change agents to help the world recognize the holiness of God and how our sinfulness blocks our view of him. However, all is not lost. Because through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can be reconciled to commune with him. That's worship as a lifestyle right there. We've all been commissioned, commanded to go out to the highways and byways to compel men and women and boys and girls to come to Christ. But we also have to help them to see and experience the glory of God. It's more than just talking about salvation. Get saved, get right. But you need to know what to do to, 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 to provoke the atmosphere of God, to shift the atmosphere that praise and worship is in the room. Have you ever been in a room and stuff was going on, but when they saw you, stuff changed? <laughs> I remember going to a birthday party, and I got there kind of late. And when I got there, folks was in their stuff. They was having a good time. I said, don't stop because I'm here. They went to hide their little red cups, putting their little cigarettes up. Don't, don't stop because I'm here because God already thinks you. Get the cards out. Let's play some cards. Turn the music on. Let's let's get this party started. But it's our lifestyle. We've got to make the difference. Amen. Elder, can you help um, administer our sacrament so I can stay in the mic so those that are at home can hear what we're doing? We're going to prepare our hearts and minds now to receive our communion. Elder Manyweather is going to administer it to us. Elder, I'll read. You can. Yes, ma'am. We're we're going to. Is going to serve us today, but take out this time to examine your heart. Ask God to examine your heart. Whatever is in your heart that's not right, it's going to come through your mouth. It's going to come through your lips. And we need to get to a place where we speak those things that are kind, loving, those things of mercy, those things of grace. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for what you did for us on Calvary over 2,000 years ago. We are not forgetting that you paid a price to a debt you did not own. You gave your life that we may have life and have life more abundantly. We're thankful and we're grateful. And now as we prepare to commune together, Father, let your will be done, and we will give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us um, receive our community.